tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Tonight, we take you into that conflict that has been raging in the Middle East. I'm talking about that conflict between the Palestinians, Hamas to be very, very specific, and Israel. This Israeli-Hamas war, it's drawing Ghana into a midst of international controversy. When the other United Nations Security Council, a vote was proposed, a resolution on asking for a humanitarian pause, Ghana abstained. And there were some who watched that closely and say, well, we are putting ourselves in the crosshairs of those who really do not like Israel, especially when we are looking at the Sat region and in the Sahel area where you have a lot of terrorists and Islamists there. We possibly have put a target on our back. So uh, don't be mistaken, this is a global conflict and it's pulling everybody else into it. As we now know, the United Nations is tonight considering another resolution uh, to have failed already. Each of them, Ghana, will have to make a decision how to vote. This is a conflict that we need to explore. And we're going to be speaking to the uh, ambassador, the Israeli ambassador to Ghana here. But trust me, we're going to be asking her the, the real questions. Questions that I know, as you've been watching this unfold, your international screens, you've been wondering and asking. And as we've heard, the Estimates are staggering. Of course, Hamas started this with that horrendous attack on Israel. 1,400 people, as you've heard the Israeli authorities say, were massacred there. That has been condemned very widely. But there's some controversy tonight on, on the back of this because the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres himself, has strayed into hot waters by suggesting in a speech yesterday that that attack did not happen in a vacuum. As we speak, the Hamas-controlled Ministry of Health has announced that they've lost about 6,500 people. So however you look at this, this is not benefiting anybody but setting the world on fire. The world is already on fire with Ukraine, and we've seen how that itself has affected us here on the side of talk about this, and my guests will join me pretty shortly for a conversation. Stay with me. to demonstrate to you the superior properties of flamingo paint as compared to other paint brands on the market we take equal quantities of flamingo paint and this ordinary paint we then dilute them with water and now let the test begin the gentleman on the left is going to apply the ordinary paint and the gentleman on my right 
will use the Flamingo Superior Paint. As you can clearly see, Flamingo has the obvious better hiding. Furthermore, Flamingo has painted a much larger area. You know, one bucket of Flamingo paint is equal to several buckets of any other paint brand on the market. Flamingo paint is made with superior formulation to give superior durability, superior hiding, superior coverage. Flamingo paint, simply superior. Whiskey. Wash it. All of a sudden, my voice is different. And when you try a call, Bama, bring me the honey whiskey. You know the one? Black Rock Whiskey. Honey Whiskey. Shale, honey, dear dear Frau. Black Rock Whiskey is strong. Now, so test me a smooth. And it goes down easy. Excuse me. Bama. Bama. Bring my friend one Black Rock Whiskey. Black Rock Whiskey, blended with natural honey flavor. Hey, what's up? Baman. Hey, what do you want for us to come to us? If you have been to a man, I know. Black Rock Whiskey. Tabby, the feel is smooth. That's no. Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18 years of age and not recommended for pregnant women. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working satisfying it. Mm-hmm, that's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. Well, it falls down into spoilers. That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? About one-third of a million people live with HIV in Ghana. Close to 10,000 of them die each year, mostly as a result of a lack of antiretroviral drugs and adherence. In fact, close to 57% of children under 14 years living with HIV do not receive antiretroviral drugs, again as a result of inadequate funds to provide them with medication. Life expectancy for these children is grim. The big worry, close to 16,300 people are newly infected with HIV each year. With this alarming rate of HIV infections, all of us are in danger. And Ghana is headed for an epidemic explosion if nothing is done now. To avert it. While the Ghana AIDS Commission is working hard to overturn the situation, the Commission urgently needs funding support from corporate Ghana and individuals to save lives. We're therefore appealing to you, corporate entities and individuals, to support the National HIV and AIDS Fund by dialing star 9898-HASH on MTN and Vodafone and follow the prompts or pay into the National HIV and AIDS Fund account number 
0242-233-233 Bank of Ghana. Your donation will be used to prevent new infections and provide care for people living with HIV, including children affected by AIDS. For further information, please call Ghana AIDS Commission on 0302-919260 or email info at ghanaids.gov.gh. Give to save a life today. Ghana AIDS Commission, partnering to eliminate HIV and AIDS. Anniversary, anniversary. I can't believe it's been 125 years already. Enum Presbyterian Senior High School is a prestigious school in the Sunyaman district of the Eastern Region. Established in 1897, the school has served the nation under several capacities as an institution. This year, the school is celebrating its 125th anniversary on Saturday, 28th October 2023 at 9 o'clock a.m. The venue for the Grand Deba is the forecourt of the school's administration block. Speaking on the theme, promoting quality education through discipline for tomorrow's generation is Reverend Professor Joseph Osama. The special guest of Anna to grace the occasion is Odeno Kwafo Akutu Detet, the Oman Hene of Akumu Traditional Area. Other invited guests include His Excellency Dr. Mahamu Kubaumia, Vice President of the Republic of Ghana. Honorable Dr. Ya Osei Edichu, Minister of Education. Honorable Thomas Ampenyako, MP4 as a constituency. Right Reverend Professor Joseph Oguya Bwamanti, the moderator of the Presbyterian Church of Ghana and many more dignitaries. The days preceding the Grand Deba will be filled with activities such as inter-house football gala, float, awards presentation and many more. All old students, stakeholders and well wishers are cordially invited. Upon, Upon the, the mountain, mountain, we are fresh to be seen. Calling all distinguished alumni, cherished friends, and well wishers of the University of Professional Studies Accra, UPSA, to join us as we climax the 58th anniversary of UPSA with a fundraising gala and awards ceremony. The date is Friday, November 3rd, 2023, at the iconic UPSA Auditorium with our guest of honor, Dr. K.K. Sapon, Chancellor of UPSA. Our fundraising gala is not just an event, it's a dynamic opportunity to contribute to the establishment of an endowment fund and the construction of an ultra-modern police station for the UPSA community, as well as rekindling old friendships on campus, networking with business leaders, and getting recognized for your charitable contributions. For tickets and donations, simply dial star 771, star 10 hush, and enter the UPSA code 1850. UPSA Scholarship with Professionalism. PM Express is always brought to you by Syntex Tanks. It is strong, it is tough, and Lomo Betis experience greatness in every moment. And the Ghana AIDS Commission, as, as I always say, no matter your water needs, Syntex Tanks has it all. Syntex Tanks has first introduced a double layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tanks has first introduced the white inner layer tanks in Ghana. We now introduce you to the customer specs order, which lets you order any color and size of 
preference. Simtex Tanks gives you the longest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you in Ghana. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, just choose Simtex Tanks. We have agents nationwide. Call them on 0244-335-168 or shop online at simtexgh.com. A year tough, a year strong. And my guest in the studio with me tonight, as I said tonight, we're going international. Something that is affecting the globe affects Ghana as well. We've learned a lot from what is happening in, uh, of course, in Europe, as you know by now, with the uh, Russian-owned, you know, aggression against the state there, which is a very important subject. But what about what is happening between Israel and Hamas? And I isolate Hamas because Israel insists they are not at war with the Palestinian people, but they are at war with, with Hamas specifically. And I'm, I'm delighted that on a day when the United Nations Security Council will be taking another vote on another resolution, very controversial one, putting Ghana, of course, in the middle of making the decision, Shlomit Sufa, the Israeli ambassador to Ghana, has agreed to join us. Thank and you. Thank you very much for joining us for a conversation. And it's thank important you. we have this. And many Ghanaians will wonder about why this conversation at this time. And I just laid the foundation. We've seen what's happening in Ukraine, and it's affecting almost everybody right now. And then we come to what, what happened on your doorstep, on the 7th of October. Uh, we'll, we'll look into that. But tonight, the UN Security Council is taking another vote. Two votes have failed already because, of course, the permanent members can't agree, right? What's, what's your own reading of this latest vote that is going to happen in an attempt to try and find some form of resolution? Actually, Evans, tonight there were two votes at the Security Council, one on an American draft resolution and the other one on a Russian draft resolution. The power play within the Security Council is very complicated. We cannot really dive all the way into it. But at the end of the day, each country that is a member of the Security Council, be it permanent or non-permanent, have to review the text and review what is its stand with regard to what is offered and what is not in the text, and whether they can support, abstain, or object that, that uh, text that has been presented. So the American draft resolution was able to gain 10 supporters, 10 countries voted uh, in a resounding show of support to the United States in favor of that resolution, but eventually it was vetoed by the Russian. And just to clarify, for this resolution to pass, at least nine of the 15 permanent members, oh, the yes. members, members will have to vote for it. Absolutely. But then the final vote you know, holds in the hands of one of the permanent members, and Russia vetoed it. So, that, so Russia that, that, vetoed that, 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 that resolution, whereas the text that was offered to the council by Russia was not able to gain much support. If I remember the numbers correctly, there were four countries that supported it, and the rest either uh, abstained or objected. Mm. And what, what were the purposes of this particular last, this last two uh, resolutions? What was it seeking to do? Well, the American uh, draft resolution was seeking to provide some kind of at least temporary answer to some of the concerns that have been raised. And uh, among them, you know, um, temporary humanitarian um, provided, provided uh, temporary humanitarian aid or corridor to, um, to the Gaza Strip. And I would like to emphasize at this point that when we're talking about humanitarian aid, 
we have to know the facts. Mm. When we're talking about support, humanitarian support to the Gaza Strip, we're talking about medical supplies, we're talking about food, we're talking about fuel, which Israel will not allow because it supports Hamas war and terror efforts. Except that at the same time, Hamas needs it, well, not Hamas, the Palestinians need, need it to power the generators for hospitals and for water plants that they have. The desalination plant, for example, relies on that. The hospitals are now saying they'll have to only take care of emergency cases. That definitely is an issue. This is an issue, and it should be taken with the power that is controlling the Gaza Strip, that is holding next to the Rafah crossing on the side of Gaza, it is holding a reserve of about one million liters of fuels. Currently, they have around 350,000 liters of diesel and about 500,000 liters of gasoline. So when we're talking about the need of hospitals or any other facilities in the Gaza Strip for uh, fuel, I think they should take it with the regime there that is withholding those reserves for its own use for um, continue to shower endlessly rockets on Israel. We're talking about, since October 7, we're talking about more than 7,800 rockets and missiles targeting indiscriminately every um, every house, every facility, every person that they can hit, be it uh, close to Gaza Strip or in the center part of Israel, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, they are firing rockets as we speak. Mm. And they are reserving that fuel for their efforts, withholding it from the suffering population. The UN have monitors on the ground. If what you say is true, I've heard from the UN say that the fuel is actually being hoarded by Hamas. But the UN Secretary General, contrary to that, is actually saying that what is happening there is you punishing the whole collective Palestinian state for the sins of Hamas. So I would like to be very clear on that. Our war is against Hamas. Hamas, a terror organization that is working in the parameters and the ideology of ISIS give it ISIS or um, look at Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram, they are all drinking from the same fountain. They are all um, related to the same ideology. But our war is not with the civilian population. Our war is not with the Palestinians. Our war is not with Muslims. Our war is against a terror entity that has brutally and savagely killed indiscriminately whoever they could find Along the way, on October 7th, we have been experiencing Hamas terror attacks and suffering greatly from um, their terror, be it in the southern part of Israel or for many years in other parts of Israel uh, when they had a better stronghold in the West Bank, they would um, have suicide bombers board on buses or enter restaurants, schools, facilities all over Israel. That was at the beginning of 2000. You, you say that your war is not against the Palestinian people, it's against Hamas specifically. But the UN Secretary General disagrees with that because he is very clear that the individuals bearing the most brunt of this are the innocent civilians. And he says in a speech that 
was ready yesterday. And those appalling attacks cannot justify, and I talk about attacks on you by, by Hamas, cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. In other words, the, the, the chief UN officer is saying to Israel that you are punishing innocent Palestinians because of what Hamas had done. That is contrary to the assertions that Israel is making. I'm afraid their perspective should be completely different. Israel is doing everything within its power to make sure that as few civilians are being hit, are being hurt, we are carefully um, making sure that the targets that we hit are legitimate by international law. This conflict is governed, as long as, as at least by the Israeli perspective, it is governed by international law, by laws of armed conflict. In order to be legitimate, to have it as a legitimate war, we have to make sure and be careful that we are aiming at military targets. Unfortunately, those targets are being carefully hidden within civilian population on purpose because Hamas is using its own population as human shields. I'm sure you've heard that time and again throughout Unverified, the last though. Unverified. Unverified. When they, when they place their yeah. the facilities within schools, within mosques, the main Hamas command is underneath the main hospital, Shifa hospital, in the Gaza Strip, the largest hospital, and underneath this is the Hamas command, because they know that we will not hit the hospital. So they are shielding themselves with their own people in order for us to refrain from attacking those military targets. But a hospital targets. was hit. I know Israel says that is a rocket from Hamas that was misfired. That is yet to be proven, is it not? That is I believe there were, there were many um, international, by the way, not just Israeli, international entities that looked into that, some of them as leading as the Wall Street, as the, um, Wall Street Journal. And they just released yesterday or the day before yesterday, they released a clip showing exactly that indeed it was not, rather not Hamas, but a PIJ, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, another extremist terror organization working within the Gaza Strip, and they have uh, misfired one of their rockets, which hit the hospital. By the way, when you were talking about the uh, damage that was done to the hospital or the number of casualties, who is our point of reference? Who is reporting this? Well, the Hamas-controlled Ministry of Health. The Hamas Ministry of Health. How reliable do you find the reports of a terror organization. And by the way, already it is proven that the, that rocket hit the, the parking space and not inside the hospital, but there were casualties. These casualties were hurt by a PIJ, Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket. On top of everything that you could see and measure, you know, the angle of which it was fired or misfired, there's a recording of two Hamas operatives. That Israel released. That Israel released. Yes. Yes. But how um, do, you how can't do, expect how, Hamas to release it. Yes, but how do, because you are involved in the war with Hamas, and you're releasing clips that you say you, of course, your security agencies had acquired. Why should we place faith in that? Why should we believe that it's not Israel who was obviously, and you know what, propaganda is very important too in war. 
Why should we believe that that is authentic? I would like to refrain from the word propaganda because it implies that you would do whatever necessary in order to get your message out, meaning that you would not refrain from twisting the truth, lying, and, and, the so, and so forth, which I object because when we stand here as representatives of a democratic, liberal state governed by law and obliged to international law and obliged to face the international community, if we lose our credibility, we have nothing left. And this is why, for example, the response of the IDF spokesperson, it took some hours before we were able to respond to those claims because we didn't want to say anything that was not credible enough. But these arguments, these claims that I make, are also supported by independent entities such as, for example, the Wall Street General, and a journal, and I think also the CNN also released um, another support to that today. It's important to note that about 20% of the rockets that are being fired from the Gaza Strip misfire and fall within the Gaza Strip, meaning that around 500, more than 500 rockets since October 7 fell within the Gaza Strip and hit Palestinians. Mm. I want to stay with the United Nations' own assessment of this. And the Secretary General has made some very controversial comments. He says, quote, it is important to also recognize that the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. He's right, is it not? Therefore, and he points this out, for 56 years, and I'm quoting him, the Palestinian people have been subjected to, quote, suffocating occupation. Do you agree with him? I definitely do not agree with it for a couple of reasons. And this is going to be a bit long, so bear with me. I saw the interview that the Palestinian representative had here in this uh, studio with, today, uh, today yeah. with the polls. Yeah. Okay? And he was talking about occupation since 1967. And I wonder if, After history, the war. if history started at 1967... What happened before that? What happened between 1948, where the State of Israel was established in a war of independence against the armies of all the countries surrounding it? Led by Egypt. And led by a couple of countries, not necessarily just Egypt, and the Arab population in Israel, all of them trying to kill and destroy Jewish population of about 600,000 people only at that time. And we had to fight for our independence, despite a UN resolution that have given the Jewish population a state. By the way, the same way as they did uh, provide uh, or offered the, the Arab population at that time, living at that uh, territory, they offered them a state. The, the Arab population rejected that UN resolution, where the, uh, the Jewish population embraced it and declared an independent state. But the, the, then why then, then was the two-state solution, if what you're saying is true, why then was the two-state solution, the Oslo Accords and refers to that, because there's a view there, and, and some may dispute that claim, that when the 1948 resolution was passed, it only created the Israeli state, but did not do so for the Palestinians. Because they have rejected it. 
they have rejected it, and they went to war to eradicate the, Jew, the future Jewish state. Unfortunately for them, and luckily for us, the Jewish population won and declared the state of Israel. We fought bitterly for that tiny piece of land. We're talking about roughly 22,000 square kilometers. What happened in 1948 in what is today the territory of the West Bank? What happened there? Who took control of that territory? You did. It was no, no. That was 1948. 1948 after the war, of course, we had the West Bank and we have Gaza. Jordanians yes. had control. Jordanians has controlled West control? Bank. Control? They of occupied that territory. Well, but... They occupied this territory and the Egyptians and occupied... the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip. Yes. The, the Palestinian population was under the control of two, in the, uh, two countries. True. That took control of those territories. But there, was, but, there was, but there was peace then when the Jordanians were in charge of the, of the West Bank and Egypt was in charge of the Gaza Strip after the 1948 war. Of course, we, after you won, you didn't occupy the West Bank. Again, those territories, the West Bank as we have that, that territory today, and the Gaza Strip were under control of Egypt and, uh, Jordan. and Jordan up until 1967, there was no peace. There was no peace. There was a continuous terror that was uh, Fidayun um, units, it was called, coming from the Gaza Strip to try and kill as many Israelis as possible. And if you're talking about Palestinian terrorism, that is uh, as part of trying to establish an independent state then you would think, okay, Israel has to control of the West Bank in 1967. When did Palestinian terror start? It started in 1965. The PLO, Palestinian Liberation Organization, was established at the end of 1964. That's why I'm saying it's very important to know those pieces of history, those facts. When we're talking about terrorism, we're talking about terrorism that started long time before any Israel control, any, any control Israel had over the West Bank or the Gaza Strip. I mean, that, moving that, forward, that history is important. We'll come to the moving forward, but that history is important. And many people will look at that and say, you even have to go back to the fall of the Ottoman Empire, when both the Arabs and the Jews all lay claim to that piece, piece of land there, or until, of course, in 1948, when the United Nations resolution then created um, the piece of land uh, in the state for you. Somehow, you have to live peacefully with your neighbors, the Arabs. That has been a conflict for so long. You've talked about moving forward. Is there a coming back from where we are right now? With tonight, as the Prime Minister had announced, that you are preparing for a ground invasion. This is a significant escalation. The French president had tonight called it an error. If you do that, moving forward, is there moving forward when you're actually planning an escalation? We're not planning an escalation. We are planning a war against evil. And I think it's essential to differentiate between the two entities. When we have started the negotiations and our contacts with what would later become the Palestinian Authority, the first thing that we have requested, and the most essential one, was that the PLO will renounce terrorism. And they have done so. And from that point onward, 
there was something to talk about. Because if you're talking to an entity that its entire and openly proclaimed goal is to destroy you, there's nothing to discuss. Only when there's a mutual desire to reach um, understanding, to reach peace, to reach any kind of settlement, then you have something to talk about. Hamas is not an entity that you can talk with. It's not an entity that you can reason, reason with. It's not an entity that shares the moral compass of you, of Ghana, of Israel, of the Western world. It is the, the moral abyss between us and Hamas is unbridgeable. We're talking about people who attack people, uh, innocent civilians in their homes. They find a pregnant woman, excuse me for my graphic uh, description here, they find a, a pregnant woman, they decapitate her, they open her belly and they take the embryo out and they decapitate the embryo. So that's killing an unborn child. That's killing an unborn child. Except that the United Nations says that Israel is equally as guilty in also doing similar atrocities. I want to read to you a report that was released yesterday by the UN Third Committee that was taxed to monitor the human, human rights abuses uh, in occupied Palestinian territories. And this is just yesterday on the 24th of October. And it, the report says, characterize what the Israeli has, Israel has been doing in Palestine as, quote, illegality and impunity. In fact, I want to quote... Francesca Albanese is a special rapporteur in charge of this, this monitoring. And he says, quote, from 2008 to the 5th October 2023, which is the day before the attacks, 1,434 Palestinian children were killed, primarily at the hands of Israeli occupation forces. Well, this, this uh, commission of inquiry, we have stated that we will not... Um, we will not cooperate with the work of this commission. The mandate of this commission is absolutely and unrefutably one-sided. They were sent to investigate alleged, alleged Israel uh, breaches of uh, international law. But their mandate is not whether to find what, whether Israel has actually did these kind of um, breaches or not. They were sent to report them, meaning that they were already implied in the mandate that these, um, these actors actually already took and taken place. And it's absolutely one-sided. I mean, it, it is as if Israel is working in a vacuum, if I may uh, quote the Secretary General. And there's no other entity that we are fighting against. And again... What we're talking about here is the, um, the war that Israel has declared against Hamas as there is no other way. And if we want to go back in history, not to October 7, but to October 6. But you, but you, what you, happened in October 6? You, you talk about Hamas, but it's important to realize that whilst you wage war against Hamas, innocent people are being killed. But also, even beyond that, this report actually tells us that children are being killed at the hands of the Israeli occupation forces. You dispute. We dispute and we reject this report and you say it's one entirely. Side. It's one-sided, it's but biased, it, but the UN... and it doesn't talk about the circumstances. No Israeli soldier 
has ever committed these kind of atrocities, has ever done any breach to international to law. And if in the very rare case that we had such a soldier on our forces, it is, he is being tried and put to jail because this is the exception and not the norm. This is the exception and not the rule. So you can the, see the that military, at least if that happens, military has a moral code. Sorry? That, that if you say that you've just said that some, um, if it happens, they are jailed, right? They are tried and jailed. It means some at least has happened in the past, has it not? But not, even if, if we have isolated few cases, we do not have the parallel to a sniper that is targeting, and we had that in one of the uh, outskirts of uh, Jerusalem, one of the neighborhoods in the outskirts of Jerusalem, a baby was shot by a sniper in her crib intentionally. You never have this where you have the IDF that is um, trying to eliminate terror, that is... But killing children in the process. God forbid. According to the United Nations. Again, this report is one-sided, is biased, has been written based on evidence but many that you cannot support. Many people will expect Israel to say that is one-sided. But this is what that has been done, evidence-guided and reported to the United Nations and endorsed. Was there, was there ever a UN report that was proven to be wrong, you know, later on in history? Was there ever a commission that was inquiring what happened in Israel? And by the way, we had more than our fair share of such entities, of such inquiries, of such committees, because apparently it is very easy to go against Israel in any UN entity, any UN body, especially, by the way, the Human Rights Commission, which is a sham. It is controlled by countries that, uh, between them and human rights, there's It's a no sham because its findings obviously cast a very bad light on the... The Louisiana Swamplands. Out here, you're either lunch or you're enjoying it. Make sure you end up on top with the all-powerful lineup of Kia SUVs, like the Telluride, Sportage, and Sorento, equipped with available all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, and the interior capacity to bring everything you need. So you'll always remain more than a gator's length ahead. Visit your local Kia dealer today to find your next adventure in our ever-capable lineup of SUVs. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. No, it's a sham because the forces that lead this Human Rights Council are countries that are undemocratic, illiberal, and they abuse human rights on a daily basis. We're talking about Iran, we're talking about countries, other countries in the Middle East, we're talking about Venezuela, and we're talking about a long list of countries that are allegedly inquiring into Israel's doing, whereas they will do everything, you know, to divert the fire or divert the inquiry from their own doings. But again, I would like to focus on what's happening in the Gaza Strip because when we're talking about the future of Israel and Palestinians, relations, peace process, when time comes, there have been, by the way, many, many attempts. We had the Oslo Accords, of course, in 1993, but since then we had 
couple of more uh, agreements signed between us, and continuing attempts to get this process back on, on, the, on, back on track. It's extremely difficult. Mm. It's a very rocky road. I hope that we will indeed return to the path of peace mm. um, together with the Palestinians because this is the policy of the State of Israel. So you want peace with the Palestinians? Two-state solution. Mm. But we need, we need to eradicate this unbelievable threat from, uh, that is residing at our doorstep that is demonstrated that it will stop at nothing, and no one, by the way, they killed anyone along their path. They, they killed elderly and men and women and children and babies and toddlers, Jewish and Christian and Muslims. They killed everybody they could lay their hands off. They killed them in the most brutal way. They took pride of the killing. They took footages and used the victim's cell phones to send those horrific pictures of the last minutes of the victims struggling to live, and they send them through their the mobile phones to their relatives. So the last message that a father received from his daughter was to see how she is raped again and again and then burned alive. That's the enemy that we are facing. All this through continuous showering of rockets and, by the way, something that I didn't hear um, anyone talking about with a Palestinian representative, over 220 hostages taken to the Gaza Strip, including a six-month-old baby. What kind of monster will snatch babies from their beds and hold them we don't know where, there's no telling of their well-being. They have no connection to their families, they have no connection to the Red Cross. We need to see the international community focusing on, you're talking about humanitarian issues. We want to see how the rights of the Israelis being held, and not just Israelis, by the way, also a couple of dozens of foreign people, foreigners, held, we've seen pictures of these children held in cages. It, that, that's, that may be the case. And it, this, this is whole not the time condemn to talk them. about peace. Um, it's not the time to talk about peace. It is not the time to talk about peace. Because if, why, why if you that? stop now, Israel, if you stop us and do not allow, enable Israel to destroy Hamas capabilities, the only thing that you'll be doing is to zero the timer for the next escalation. There is no peace, there is no reconciliation, there is no settlement with this entity that is about destroying a state. It's not about the Palestinian You, you, you said that, this, that this is not a time to talk about peace. The first attempt to get a UN resolution was to have a humanitarian pause. Ghana abstained in that vote. Give me your reaction to that. We believe that uh, Ghana is reviewing very carefully. I'm not here to talk on behalf of Ghana, but I understand that Ghana is reviewing very carefully each and every draft resolution, and they're making very careful decisions about that will demonstrate best the interests of Ghana. And again, 
I am the representative of Israel, so it is not my place But you have an expectation of your allies and friends. Absolutely. I believe you consider Ghana an ally and friend. Absolutely, what, yes. What's your expectation of Ghana in these votes, in these decisions that are being made at the UN? We expect Ghana to continue with the same line of the uh, official announcement that they have made on October 8, one day after the, uh, these atrocities took place, where they clearly condemned Hamas and supported Israel's right to, defense, to defend itself. And by defending ourselves, it means that we have to eliminate the military capabilities of Hamas because it is a constant threat and they will not rest and they will not stop. It is like ISIS. Did anyone ever uh, expected the United States after 9-11 Let me ask you directly, do you expect to reconcile with Al-Qaeda mm. or to stop and start negotiating with Al-Qaeda? No one expected it. Mm. Everybody understood the scale of the terror that was inflicted on the United States. This is our 9-11. We are a very small country. We are a population of roughly 9 million people. Every person in Israel, you, know, you now go and visit Israel, Every person you meet, you will ask them and they will tell you, I lost a friend, I lost a relative, I lost the friend or the son and daughter of a in friend. In October 7 attack? In the October 7 attack. You, you said that Ghana, you expect Ghana to stick to the initial statement, which was condemning uh, that uh, October 7 attack. And yet, when it came down to the UN resolution, they abstained. In other words, Ghana abstained. In other words, we're not taking sides on this matter. Sometimes abstaining is um, in the council. It means that you are unable, of course, to support, but would not like to object. There are different, different reasoning behind uh, the, the game or the setting of how countries, member countries, vote within the Security Council um, discussions and draft resolutions. It's a very complicated do, one. Do you expect they have Ghana's, different interests. Do you expect Ghana's support in this war? Are you waging? We expect every peace-loving country to support Israel. But you say you don't want peace. It's not a time for peace. It will be a time for peace when such a threat is not at our doorstep. What would you have us do? I mean, we have uh, cleared every Israeli presence from the Gaza Strip at 2005, unilaterally, leaving everything, their facilities, their homes, everything. We had a couple of villages and localities there. We left everything and we, there and we left. We cleared Gaza Strip from every last Israeli person, be it civilian or military. We took the dead from their graves and took them with us. No presence whatsoever. Then Hamas took over in 2007, literally throwing its opponents off rooftops making a very clear signal of what their intention is, took control of the Gaza Strip and turned it into a huge terror entity. The international community is supplying um, pipes for irrigation to the people living in Gaza Strip so they will be able to grow their food. And Hamas is digging those pipes out of the ground and using them to build missiles and rockets, rocket launchers. And they are not hiding it. They are presenting it proudly on video clips that they release.
So they're not even trying to hide what they're doing in the Gaza Strip and how they are continuously threatening Israel. And let us not forget that in this context, as the Bible says, the voice is the voice of Jacob and the hands are the hands of Esau. We're talking about the Iranian very strong involvement in this theater. They are supporting, financing, um, providing Hamas with uh, weapons. The same goes, by the way, to, the, the, to our northern border, where Hezbollah is set all over southern Lebanon, and Hezbollah is financed by Iran in a sum that uh, amounts to about $1 billion per year. Hamas is building an arsenal entirely to attack Israel, and they have already been trying to fire rockets, missiles, send terror units to attack us, and there's um, a lot of tension in the mm. west, in the, in the, sorry, in the north border of Israel, and it's not a coincidence. Yeah. These are the works of Iran. They are interested in the destruction of Israel, and they are operating from both north and, and south. And if you follow the news, you would see that a few days ago, the Houthis in, in Yemen, which are also a proxy of Iran, a U.S. warship patrolling next to the shores of Yemen intercepted 16 missiles, if I remember the number of missiles correctly, all of them cruising in the direction of Israel. So this is not a coincidence. Mm. And what we expect of Ghana, the same we expect from all our friends to understand that this is war against extremist Islam, and this war, its results, and if Israel is prevented from having this war or stopped before we achieve our goals, it will have implications. It will have implications on any place in the world where you have extremist Islam, terrorism, And you believe operating. Ghana, Ghana it stands to also lose and, and suffer this particular threat. I'm saying that the entire region of the um, Gulf of Guinea, the states that are the Gulf of Guinea, and are threatened by ISIS, by Al-Qaeda, by Boko Haram, by its affiliates, but their affiliates, they are all looking now at the war that Israel is waging against Hamas and looking to see how the international community will respond to this kind of war. And they will have their own conclusions drawn. So the war that we are fighting, as you said in the beginning of the show, it's not just um, a local or even a regional issue. The ripple effect is much greater than that. Stay, and stay I think every, every country should understand that. Stay with me. And that's uh, the ambassador to Ghana. I'm talking about the Israeli ambassador to Ghana, Shlomit Sufa, uh, with me on PMS. was talking about this uh, global uh, issue that... Uh, has placed the entire world on edge. And as you've just been listening to her talk about, uh, Ghana obviously uh, may, of course, be evaluating its options, and uh, we've already abstained one of the votes already. And when I return from a quick break, I'll ask her, uh, the 
they have issues with the U.S. Secretary General. They're asking for him to retract. He's actually gone out today to say that uh, he's been misrepresented. Uh, I'll ask him, so what's the way forward now when the United Nations that is really coordinating the relief effort and have to work and lead these conversations uh, is in their crosshairs themselves? And by the way, have they had any conversations directly with our own government here in terms of uh, the cooperation uh, going forward in the time of this crisis? Just two quick things to explore after this break. Stay with us. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Share of the 14.4 million prize money. Catch all the games streaming at www.aflafrica and on FIFA Plus. The African Football League, our game, our home. Now let's shine together. Ghana Jollof or Nigeria Jollof? Ghana Jollof has no co-equal. The smell alone. Oh my God. No, that's it. You two, they lie. Eh? Now they say stew when they use Google and then they go put them for top. Oh, yes. You are lying. Ghana Jollof. I know lives in Tama. Every year, we they give to you back. back, 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 back. We are talking 
about beat. I want some yard face. be the goat, huh? My guy, him be the goat. Our choice of goats may differ in football, music, and jollof. Alumobitis always brings us together. Alumo, experience greatness in every moment. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18. Not recommended to pregnant women. This advert is FDA. Excellency Shlomit Sufa, Israeli ambassador to Ghana, my guest. And uh, just before we went to the break, we know that today there is a strong demand by Israel for the UN Secretary General to retract. In fact, the, it's, it's even been escalated to the point of if he's not retracting, he must resign. That's how uh, intense Israel is at his comments. What will happen now? I'm considering this is a significant escalation in that conflict between Israel and, and the UN Secretary General. He's leading an effort. What will happen now is that we will continue to stress how wrong this equation is as presented by the Secretary General. You cannot justify terrorism under any circumstances, especially when we have all witnessed, and I think Ghana was shocked, every person sharing the same moral compass as Israel, as you and me, was shocked and appalled to see those uh, horrendous attacks on Israelis on October 7. But terrorism did not start then, as we have discussed before. At the end of the day, terrorism cannot be justified. And this equation that the Secretary General has presented is morally flawed, and he should retract from his statement. There is much that will be, can be, and hopefully will be done between Israel and the Palestinians. Much has already been done, but we have to keep our eyes on the ball here, meaning that Israel's effort currently is about self-defense, exercising our right to self-defense. If we're talking about human rights, Bear in mind that Israelis also have human rights. Yeah, but the human rights of the, of the innocent civilians in, in the Palestinian territories are also, is also very important. Why are they not demanded by the hand, from the hands of their regime? Is there anyone that is calling the heinous war crimes of Hamas by their name? Hamas is condemned by many countries, Ghana included. Mm-hmm. But we have to keep in mind that they have control of that territory. And things that take place there are their responsibility. Mm. If they have dug and they... So ...hundreds of kilometers of tunnels. Some of them used for communication, some of them used for us. In the, in the interest of time, I need to ask you this very But essentially, ago. you would say, mm-hmm. many people would have been able to find shelter in these tunnels yeah. if, the, um, if Hamas would have allowed that. Yeah, very quickly before we go in, in a few seconds, have you had any conversation with our own officials here on the support that you require for them? Have, have any conversations been had diplomatically? We, we are in constant conversation with, uh, with Ghana officials. 
And we are already, as I said, we are very appreciate, we thank Ghana for its support, as it has shown until now. And we hope and expect Ghana as a good, true friend of Israel to continue the support because this is the moral thing to do, this is the right thing to do, and this is the best thing to do when we're taking the interests of the free world into account. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. And that's uh, Her Excellency there's Shlomo Sufa, uh, Israeli ambassador uh, to Ghana. This is one that is unfolding. As we've heard tonight, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, has announced there is going to be a ground invasion. As to when that is, we don't know. Enjoy the rest of it. Uh-huh.